Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive. My name is Daniel Bennett, and joining me are Art Georges and Rich Burkle. We are all pastors at churches in the Peoria area, at Bethany Fellowship Churches. And we are in a series of sessions on Revive the Drive dealing with marriage and family. And in this session, we're talking about how parents should shepherd their children. And guys, I kind of want to focus on on three areas that I think will, would be helpful for parents as they think about their responsibility to, to shepherd their children and the struggles they may have. I'd like us to talk, first of all, about developing relationships with our kids. How do we do that? Then secondly, how do we instruct our children? What do we teach our children about what's right and how do we do that? And then thirdly, how do we discipline our children? What's the goal in that? How do we correct them whenever they've done that which is wrong? But let's let's start off with relationships. Uh, A lot of parents would say things like, uh, boy, I feel like I don't know my child. Or maybe I feel like I know one child and I, I can't connect with this other child. I feel like we're distanced. Or as a child grows older, I feel like we're, we're growing apart. What are some encouragements, Art, that you would give to parents as they think about how to develop relationships with their kids, young and old? Well, I think that uh, at every stage there needs to be uh, a, a focus on spending intentional time with each individual child. Um where you can engage them in conversation, get to know how they think, what they think about, what their interests are, and, and even help them to cultivate those interests. But uh, the, the, the common thread in everything I've said there is that intentional relationship time with each individual child even, not just as a group if you've got multiple children. I'm glad you started right here too, Daniel, with relationship because I, I think it is – the absolute essential to parenting is relationship, um, and it shouldn't be a surprise to us when we read our Bibles that relationship is so central to parenting because relationship really is is what uh, the purpose is for God creating uh, creation, <laughs> that uh, he intended relationship uh, to flow from self to mankind, and uh, first it begins with a God who's relational, relationship with himself, his Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creates a world that... Uh, which man is created in his image so that man could have relationship with himself, walked with him in the cool of the day and in communion, and then he created marriage so that man would be in relationship with one another. And uh, so relationship is absolutely essential. You know, my observation, this sort of surprised me actually uh, as a young man. Uh, I was a youth pastor, and Daniel may uh, recall those days uh, because Daniel Fondly, was, I do, was yeah. junior high when I was a very, very young youth pastor. We were just a couple of years apart, I think, when uh, when I was youth pastor there. But um, uh, my observation as a youth pastor watching relationships between uh, parents and their teenage uh, sons and daughters was that relationship – uh, trumped almost everything else in terms of the emotional well-being of the child. 
all of their variables and, and, and that emotional as, as well as, as almost spiritual well-being. So, mm. so for instance, uh, there were there were some parents who were very good at teaching the Bible to their children, but if they didn't have relationship, those children really were not didn't reflecting a passion for God at all. Mm. There were other pa- uh, other uh, parents who I thought I was very suspect about what they were teaching because they they themselves seemed like they weren't having a great depth of. Uh, walk and commitment to God. Uh, yet they were Christians, you know. They they believed in God. And they brought their children to church, but their relationship was really tight with their children. And their children were the ones that, that seemed like they were they they were more eager to relate to me as a youth pastor and to relate to Scripture in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, and and I think you know that that's just my observation. I don't have a Bible verse to attach to this per se, um, but my observation was that. The healthy parenting uh, really does begin a soil of relationship, and if we lose that, if we lose the influence of relationship, then uh, we we really have very little other ground in which to influence our children. How would you guys encourage a parent then who said, "I'm trying to have a relationship, yeah. but I, I had an older child, and it was really easy to connect with that child, but I'm having a really really hard time connecting with my daughter." Mm-hmm. What what should they do? Yeah. Well, I think I would encourage them to take an honest look at the structure of their family time, when they spend time together, how they spend time together, and how they communicate. Uh, you know, and, and Rich, I, I think it's um, true that we don't necessarily have a, a verse that goes with this per se, but we, in a sense, we do back to Deuteronomy, right, where you're really teaching in the rising up and the setting down and the going out and the coming in. And so it it gives you this picture of communicating about the things of their life, the, the, the day, the things of their day, and then helping them to understand those in a, a biblical way. I recall just not too long ago hearing John Piper, a pastor up in Minneapolis who's written many helpful things, talk about his relationship with his boys over the years. And he said, if I could change anything about my relationship, he said, I would have I would have drawn them out more than I simply talked to them. Mm. And that was helpful for me to think, okay, how am I listening to my kids, hearing their heart, and then helping them to mm. filter that through God's way, words and ways? That's a great word of encouragement. Um yeah, first of all, I would say to that parent who's who's having trouble connecting with one child um, when they don't necessarily have trouble connecting with other children, that you're not alone. It's it's not a uh, it's not a highly unusual thing. You shouldn't feel an overwhelming sense of guilt about that. A lot of parents are just just weighed down by the guilt of of the the fact of that. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a real thing, um, and uh, and it's not necessarily because. Because there's something wrong inside of you that it's more difficult. Now, there is a temptation, and so that's where I think such a parent needs to be uh, very cautious and aware. There's a temptation to allow uh, the the, um, lack of a natural connection to hinder a person from continuing to pursue a relational connection with that child. So, for instance... um, you know, a parent might say, they might say themselves, or if they have a trusted counselor friend, and I've had parents say this to me, you know, I, I really don't like this child. I, I love him, but I don't like him. Mm. 
And uh, my response is, no, you don't. (laughs) You don't love them unless you like them Mm -hmm. because a child will be able to perceive whether you like them. And Mm -hmm. it's my contention, and, you know, we had all kinds of kids in the youth group, and Daniel can attest to that. It's it's my contention that— You loved me, uh, but you didn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) That we can find something we like in every person. Yeah. And truly like, like truly appreciate, truly enjoy. Now, again, that that may require us to have some some cross cultural skills to be missionaries, so mm-hmm. as it were, to our own children. Yeah. But we have to find that because if we don't find that, then then we cannot help but communicate to that child we don't like you. Yeah. And and that's going to create a big problem. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to I think as you've touched, you guys have both touched on it, to develop relationships with with children who share your interests as well you know you, you or you understand how they tick sometimes and uh i think this may overlap with what we're going to talk about later but whenever whitney and i found whitney and i are both oldest children and so our oldest child struggles with the same scenarios that, that sometimes oldest children struggle with in terms of you know not always communicating kindly kind of being driven by by a timeline instead of caring for people and our second child struggles with different scenarios, and our tendency was to find his scenarios more concerning than our daughter's scenarios because we were more familiar with her 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 struggles. And so, I think that's a challenge mm-hmm. of a parent too. To mm-hmm. to I like the expression cross cultural ministry too. That's that's good, Rich. Uh, so so that's that's relationships. Now, what about instruction? As you, know, you alluded to, to Deuteronomy six there, and, and the, the responsibility that a parent has to instruct their cho- their children, how do we do that? What are some ways that we communicate to our children as we're trying to shepherd them what they need to know about life? Mm-hmm. I think I remember early on uh, one of my temptations was uh, in my desire to instruct my children is, was to not listen to them, not to leave an opportunity for them to express what was on their heart but in, in, instead to correct that. And and I think as we listen to the expression of our children's heart, we have to help them to understand that, instructing them in, in a sense that we're helping them to understand why they are thinking or feeling or doing what they're doing and then how God would have them to act or react instead. And so um, – Again, it's always going to be most powerful. I remember one basketball coach uh, stopping my son after he made a mistake and explaining it to him right then and there so that it would be more powerful and timely. And so we need to be timely in our instruction, um, dealing with the matters at hand and not just sort of a broad overview that doesn't make sense in application. Yeah, and, and, and our children are our little image bearers of God. Um, and uh, and that causes us to to recognize the great esteem that we we have for our children to communicate. Um, you know, is uh, the the groundwork for our instruction is uh, a sense from the student that their that their that their lives are, are loved, appreciated, cared for, and respected. And and so building that ground again, which we which we can can instruct. Uh, specifically is is very important. Um, we won't know the questions that our children are asking if if they don't sense that we have respect for them because they mm-hmm. they won't ask us those questions. And mm-hmm. and so much of uh, a parent's instruction 
not only comes from our plan, I think we should have a plan of these are the topics I'd like to cover with my child, but the most significant aspects of our instruction that, that I found are when they've asked me questions, mm-hmm. uh, when my sons have asked me questions. And and so, you know, I guess I, I would give a, a word of encouragement that that uh, we need to maintain that that connection where our children believe that we want to hear what they have to say and we respect them as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that there's a time in their life where I think parents, at least myself, got tempted not to let that connection stay so strong. So, for instance, when they're real little, they say a lot of cute things. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that image of God in them and that, you know, da-da, ma-ma, and you, you, you make much of every word that they say. And then even in, on into kindergarten, they say a lot of cute things. Well, then there comes a time when they're, when they're kind of a kid and they don't say cute, it's, they're not so, it's not so cute anymore, but mm-hmm. they're also not adults. So they're not, they're not intellectually, uh, I guess, uh, intriguing to us yet. And, and so it's, it's at that point, I don't know the ages we, we define that, but, but many people, many parents, uh, I believe have, have found that they've, they've gotten disconnected from mm-hmm. the child during that age. And then when they turn 16 or 17, they want to plug back in because, now they're they're thinking adults' thoughts, and they're asking, "Well, why why don't you talk to me?" Well, if we disconnect from them at age eleven, um, then then it's no wonder that they're not going to want to uh, connect to us back at seventeen again. Mm-hmm. Paul tells Timothy in Second Timothy three sixteen that all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so, as we talk about instruction, obviously. Uh, the scripture forms are the cornerstone of what we're teaching our children. The scripture dictates how we teach, what we teach, about what to do, what not to do, how to think, what not to think. Our family has found it very helpful to have daily devotional times mm-hmm. together where we just sit down. Uh, we, I think each family has to be flexible and find out work, what works for them. We found it's, it's best in the evening, uh, in in between supper and uh, going to bed to, to sit down for some period of time. Usually for us, it's about 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. And we will, uh, just pile all on the couch there together. And we'll, we'll spend probably just a few minutes talking about the day, you know, and, and then we'll read a chapter out of the Bible. Right now we're going through the book of numbers together and then we'll, then we'll just pray for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, uh, cumulative effect of that over the life of a child. I know my dad was, was incredibly mm-hmm. faithful to do that. If, if my dad hadn't been as faithful in instructing me daily from God's word, I wouldn't have believed it was possible. Mm-hmm. But I saw how he navigated our family's schedule around that time. And uh, so I, I think a dad and a mom making sure they have time on a daily basis to somehow teach their children the content of, of God's word and, and pray with them is, is so essential to fulfilling this task of, of instructing our children. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a lot harder for a parent than it may appear. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds so simple to do that. Mm-hmm. And yet, uh, yet it's, it's not, um, it's, it's to be expected that the moment a, a parent uh, sets aside to open up God's word and to pray together uh, chaos will will break mm-hmm. out in the family, mm-hmm. and you know we talked earlier about um, how essential it is for the husband and wife to have uh, to follow God's design in marriage, and this is one of those arenas where a, a godly wife can really be a huge help to the husband to to lead the children in 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 uh, 
open up God's word together by by helping bring however many children you have, bring those children together with the right heart attitude. Uh, because very discouraging, you know, it's it's discouraging. Uh, it was often discouraging to me as as our our children were were growing up to to have those obstacles, and you felt frustrated. Mm-hmm. What's the use? <laughs> and then you you're, you're totally out of the out of the spirit. Yeah, you know, like I don't. Let's read the Bible together, <laughs> or else, <laughs> or else, you know, right. because you've had to exert so much energy just to get them in the same room together. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, it's it's just a challenge to do so with grace and yet strength, and yeah. and yet how yeah. vital is it? It's, it it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, the other part of that is not just teaching them what the Word of God says, but then also helping them to interpret their world uh, compared to what the Word of God says. It's sort of a Second Corinthians 10 thing where you're, uh, you're destroying speculation by uh, the truths of the Scripture and taking every thought captive. And so, you know, they're seeing trends in the world and they're thinking, okay, well, uh, you know, why does it matter? Yeah. Well, because here's what God's Word says. I want us to have time to get to, that's that's really good art. I want us to have time to get to this last thing, uh, discipline, because I, I I know a lot of parents have questions about this. How do I discipline my children? I, I hear things from my mother in law, what she says. Uh, you know, my kid uh, throws a temper tantrum in uh, the store, and one of my friends says that's Armageddon, and it shows that my child is in, their soul is in danger. Another friend says, ah, kids will be kids. What are some what are some? I know we don't have a ton of time left here, but what are some principles for for disciplining our children? What, what, what would you guys say to parents? Well, I think uh, we've we've talked in other sessions about uh, age appropriate aspects of that. Um, so, um, the Scripture makes it very clear that uh, uh, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod will drive it far from them. And so, uh, there is a time for that discipline, which would be represented by a spanking or the rod um, in order to correct, but also, as we've said before, um, that we're not doing that in anger. We're not doing that to protect our own reputation so that we would have children that that act in a way that would be uh, exalting to us. So so if it is a young child that has directly disobeyed and so there's, there's a spanking that takes place, what does that look like? Okay, well, yeah, our culture has um, changed and, and um, sort of dictated how we do that. But certainly I think you want to uh, get the child a- away and, um, and explain to them what they've done wrong, why it was wrong, what uh, help them to see the condition of the heart that drove that, and then uh, perhaps uh, – and, and it doesn't have to be done. It certainly probably shouldn't be done in public because you'd want to spare that child of the embarrassment that could – uh, multiply that, but uh, perhaps I remember Joe Stoll saying that uh, he would give a time for himself to cool off and send his kid up to the room, and then he'd forget, and the, and the kids <laughs> he'd forget there to go. The they're, they're just waiting in terror of what this discipline is going to be like. But that's the CIA method of spanking, <laughs> <laughs> the psychological warfare. That you know, discipline is absolutely essential if we really love our our children, and they're all are different uh, ways in which we can discipline our children. Um, uh, you know, Proverbs thirteen twenty four. whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. And, and you know, use the word the rod as, as a symbol for, I think, a number of forms of discipline, uh, right. of which the rod is one of those, I think. Uh, I'm concerned that today there are many 
uh, Christian parents who believe the rod to be uh, unbiblical. Um, I don't think it's the only piece, and and it's even the dominant piece, especially as children mm-hmm. grow large, long, uh, grow older, and more mature. But but um, but it's it's one of the means that that God uses. But the the big issue in those verses is that we have to be diligent to discipline our children. That that there there uh, has to be taught the uh, goodness of God's commands. And the painful consequences that come from yeah. disobedience, because if they don't learn that lesson in our home, then then folly will be continue yeah. to be bound up, and they'll they'll think that there are no consequences in life to right. to behave in a foolish way, and then they'll suffer consequences that will be much more grave and painful. And our whole goal of discipline again is not to release any of our exasperation or frustration. It's 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 not because again this is going to help us feel better about our lives and, and have more peace in our family. The whole goal of our discipline is I, I really want my child to be relieved of the pain and suffering that their own sin will bring them in life, and, mm-hmm. and so I, I need to help them with that. So right. it's, a, it's a gospel goal. You it's want, a gospel goal, You want heart goal, right. change. Right. So I think that's a, a – if we're going to sum all the discipline up in a statement, right, I think that's it. The, the goal of discipline is, is to change our child's heart. We want to allow – the spirit of God to 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 change their hearts as we discipline. We want to keep their hearts soft to uh, the Lord. We want that to keep their hearts from getting hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so, correction correction takes place. It's an it has to be an instrument of God's grace. Mm-hmm. You know, it it in and of itself won't our discipline won't change our child's heart, but but God can use it as His instrument, which He instructs us to do. Which means that just like with our instruction, all our discipline again has as its cornerstone. The word of God. We're not talking as we discipline them. We're saying, "Look, here's how you, according to God's word, have deviated from His call in your life, and and here's His method of correction." So, a lot of stuff here. A lot of stuff here as we think about shepherding our, our children. And again, uh, to parents, we haven't covered uh, hardly anything at all, and we've gone a little bit long. So, if if you need help in shepherding your children, we'd we'd love to talk to you. Uh, you can visit. Uh, any of our church websites, uh, Bethany Central, livinghopecentral.org, bethanycommunitychurch.org, and get our contact information. We'd love to set up a time with some uh, some uh, counselors or, or d- disciples who could talk to you or just kind of listen about some of the things you're struggling with in your parenting. Hope this is encouraging to you. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Revive the Drive. Hi.